right. uh i also just finished speaking of like like topical things um i finished this podcast recently um on screen drafts it was a ryan gosling episode and i'm trying to think of the people who are on it uh yeah no it, nothing no one's who coming could have to, made no one's those coming, choices no one's coming to mind who could no have made those is, choices uh, yeah with roxana no uh that couldn't that couldn't be i it. was who surprised was, um I, I feel like people's reactions to that was just that they couldn't engage with us because they were just like yeah. so annoyed because <laughs> we did not get nearly as much guff <laughs> as yeah. I thought we would. And I yeah. think it's just because yeah. people were like too annoyed at us. I to- think there was like, fuck these people. Just fuck these people. I, I can't hurt. I mean, no, I more just- get, I more get upset at Clay than uh, the guests sometimes. Cause like those run times are just absurd. And I it's just, they- I, I can only finish episodes on like special occasions. Um, yeah. It's, and they, our- yeah, he, he doesn't do anything to, he doesn't do anything in progress to, to trim the process. It's just like, <laughs> no, let's take our time. Yeah. <laughs> Let's let's be this long. Now I've heard. Now this might be a rumor. I've heard that Roxana Haddadi is a fan of Ryan Gosling. I know. I don't know uh, that for okay. sure. Whoa, 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 she could whoa. be. She is could this be okay? a scholar. This is being recorded she right now. This is a scholar. Yeah. I just. I just. I've heard rumors about it. I, I don't. I don't know for a fact, but it seems like she <laughs> might be a fan. Yeah. Who we. I mean, she was the Who reason for the Gods draft. She was yeah, the right, reason right. for the Gosling yeah, yeah, draft yeah. as her inaugural screen drafts appearance. Yeah. Uh, man, that that was a good one though. Um, you know, just I had a blast. I had a blast, like, and I love recording with Roxana. The ten though, oh, isn't she finished. like the greatest person to ever live? She's the greatest like, person. Really ever. wonderful. Yeah. I'm the getting to do the Neon Ooh. Demon pod with her was such a pure yeah. joy and an honor. Like <clears throat> one of my <clears throat> ten favorite critics. Like I just, you know, we, we can't say enough kind things. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Exiting Through the 2010s, a podcast about the movies from the 2010s. I'm J- about the movies from the 2010s. I'm Jack Draper. With me is Clay Williams, sent Back from the Future. Back from the Future. That's a different movie. No, you see, you, you got it. Yeah, you, you're confused. That's a that's a completely mm-hmm. different movie. No, this is Back, back from the know, Past. Back. Is what I meant. Oh, yeah. Back. From, oh, okay, that, right. I guess. All right. All right. All right. All right. I sort of I'm, I'm now inserted. Present back from the past as if i were saying future because like the title just sort of like inserts itself like back from the past that doesn't sound right (laughs) no no that's like i was never what is emblazoned in our minds right i was never in the future i was in the future and now i'm in the past but i wasn't i wasn't back to the past because i wasn't there previously so there's just a lot of these logistical issues we have to figure out i tried for like a sly pun at the very beginning but it's like these, oh, I never these timelines no, are too, no. you know, whatever. Uh, that I just couldn't I even wish. help myself to make it clear. In in the future, can we all look like Gabriel Luna? Can that be mm. like a thing? Can that... you can be Gabriel Luna? I'm gonna be Mackenzie Davis. Of course, mm. of course, of course. Those are but like truly just. Do we just get more hot in the future? Is that the thing? <laughs> yeah. hmm. I think like, so. I don't, I didn't see a bad looking person throughout the entirety of those future scenes. Like you have a homie from uh, the Umbrella Academy. Uh, What's his name? Oh, I totally forgot. Uh, uh, But whatever, like all all of them are hunks. There's no like, I think every (laughs) single person. I mean, all everyone in the future so far is all hunks. I don't, you know, I just. A better world, even in the wake of the apocalypse. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, and at some it's point, it's the apocalypse, like, but at least everyone's good looking, you know. Right, and is that and is <laughs> it worth it? Get. I don't know. Like the death of humanity, we all become hot. I mean, it's like the few that remain, uh, the selection becomes natural. Right. I mean, you you win some, you lose some. It, it, it's one of those things. Uh, but yeah, I'm I, I'm mostly going to be talking about Gabriel Luna throughout this entire yeah. podcast. I just have to. Win. <laughs> uh, um, I wonder if that amazing. same like idea of like Holter. I wait. Actually, you know, second thought. Would the entire cast hot apply to multiple Terminator movies, or is it like specifically Dark Fate, where you're like collectively they make up like pretty hot cast? Well, well I mean, the thing like, about yeah. the thing about Terminator Dark Fate is that uh, as I as I walked out of it with my friend uh, Megan Logan, a sentence was, that many people have not said since 2019. No, <laughs> tragically few. Um, right. and almost everybody uh, I'm aware of who finally made the fucking time for it after it arrived on you know rental rental and streaming uh, was like, oh wow, this is actually really fun. This is actually really good. I'm like, yeah, it fucking is. So you should have showed up for it in theaters when it would have made more of a difference. You bunch of dicks. And when I walked out of it with uh, Megan Logan, former former journalist Megan Logan, um, she insisted she was like, if Otto Straddle does not write a three thousand word article about the butch amorous gaze of Terminator Dark Fate, like I'm, what is it even for? I'm going to shut the whole institution down. Mm-hmm. And particularly the hotness that runs through this movie is so specifically gay, <laughs> so specifically lesbian. It is. Yeah hilarious it is almost it is almost it's it's like who on the writing of the like nine credited writers on terminator dark fate where is the secret lesbian that did the pass that made this the most appealing terminator for queer women because i didn't see that coming even when I was excited about it from the trailers and then it played out as like a multi-generational love story uh, between terminating women. Uh, that was that was a welcome twist in my world. Mm-hmm. I, I can't, it, I knew. So it's one of those things. So like, you know, Jordan, when I approached you to do uh, come, come we on. We should say action. we're back for action month. Yeah. Very exciting. Um, when I when I approached approached you about it, you know, you gave me uh, some of these suggestions, and when the moment you put Terminator Dark Fate on, I was like, oh yeah, that's like the only person we can get for that episode. I would like mm-hmm. to think so. I would there, like I to think so. I'm an yeah. ambassador for Terminator Dark yes. Fate. I, I just <laughs> that's, could this not is what imagine we title the episode. Else. Yeah, ambassador. Jordan I mean, Christina. I like, of course, objectively, uh, like T1 and T2, like. There, there's vying arguments for which I think is like the best of the franchise. They're both doing different things. They both accomplish them very well. Nobody, nobody would make an argument that, and not even me, that Terminator Dark Fate is the best of the Terminator franchise. But what I will say is that it is my personal favorite right. of the entire Absolutely. Terminator franchise. I yeah. T1 is great. I love T2. Um, this is my Terminator movie. I watched it and I was like, this is this is the definitive Terminator for me, Jordan Cruciola. And that, like, to me, that that is enough to know that it like great, head and shoulders above anything else for the personal reasons that it appeals to me. So yeah, I believe me, and I didn't I didn't realize at all that Tim Miller had it in him to give me my favorite Terminator um of all time. Yeah. A talented director, uh, a director with 
a director Sturdy, uh, it's behind him like, men, I suppose. like Deadpool yeah. um but I, I actually I got to go to a, a press screening of uh Dark Fate that he actually did like an intro for and I think we were one mm. of the earlier screenings that saw it and he gave like remarks about what it meant to him to make a Terminator and he like started weeping at a certain point oh, wow. about like how much how important it was to him that he was able to make this movie and tell the story and that set me up on the perfect sincere journey through this film and I was like it meant so much to Tim Miller to be a part of this legacy in this franchise and he has made a Terminator movie that is so sincere and also looks so fucking good like I couldn't help but walk out of I was just like I was on cloud nine when this movie ended I can't I, I there's no words for me to just be like yep that's that, <laughs> I, that's it that I don't know like that's it that's Terminator Dark Fate for you and that's I think that's that's our, that's my favorite thing about this podcast is like getting people to just fucking go off about the films they, they become the ambassadors that's yes. the thing we want that that's our main goal for this podcast is when we do a cover movie unless it's a movie no one likes which like you know our Razzie <laughs> Our Razzie, uh, well, some people actually like some of those movies, funny yeah. enough, but I tend like to be one of those people. Right, but like our Razzie mini- miniseries, some of those, like, no, we couldn't get a Last Airbender uh, Defender. I, I couldn't find it. Oh, yeah, uh, I won't even do that one. Yeah. Not a kind word of, to say about M. Night Shyamalan's The Last Airbender. Yeah, it's, we, that was like, yeah, or the Emoji movie. There wasn't like people mm. we could be like, hey, mm. come on, you got to defend this. It's like, yeah. we don't know those people. Totally. Yeah, we, um, we don't know those people. I don't. I don't know them existing, so that's I'm just gonna. If I they mean, do I exist, guess we could get, are they like, online? Can can we talk? But even them? like, I don't, I don't even. Does even does like a five year old like that movie? I mean, mm, I, I don't even right. know. Um, but when we decide to like cover a movie at some point, we want the ambassador of it. Mm. There's no other point of recording it to be or like or talking about it to be honest, because it's like, well, Terminator Dark Fate is Dark Fate was a movie where when I saw people like tepidly reacting to it, it has a, a, a good aggregate critical consensus. I think it's at mm. like around 70%, which puts it head and shoulders be- above basically anything that has come out since T2. Um, yeah. I watched it. I, I, I watched people react to it. And I was like, what the fuck did you want then? Like what, <laughs> if not this, what? Like everyone's outstanding. Natalia Reyes is an excellent new savior of all humanity Mackenzie Davis is always amazing and she is fucking outstanding as like as cyborg from the future Linda Hamilton is delivering the like delivering the Sarah Connor plus 30 years of smoking three packs a day like grizzled veteran of the apocalypse Linda Hamilton who's been semi-retired from acting as well so it's like stepping right back into this character yeah I and they're like the it does, I, I thought it did an excellent job of being like, here, listen, we're going to do the thing where we make, we gender swap this and basically John Connor's going to be a girl. But the way that it did it and how effectively it gives you the arc of your three protagonists throughout, I thought it was an incredibly sincere, in its way, love story between all three of these characters. Like the way that you watch like, first of all, every fight scene in this movie is better than any fight scene in The Gray Man. Every oh, well. fight scene in this movie is cooler 
and hits harder than anything that just came out in the gray band that cost 250 million dollars a movie mm-hmm. that is utterly just fine and but to have like heart like that scene in the um factory with Mackenzie Davis and Sledgehammer versus like liquid hybrid Terminator Diego Luna great Ga- Sorry, Gabriel I did Diego keep doing and Gabriel, that. Gabriel Luna, oh, Gabriel Gabriel Luna um that is such an incredibly satisfying fight that leaves you in the perfect point of view of the action the whole time without cutting too much and sort of robbing you of impact moments and it's like i get my satisfaction from that i get sarah connor getting out of a car with a fucking cannon on her hand and blowing up trucks and delivering one-liners i'll be back and such i get those satisfying action set piece elements but also like the tenderness of the between the character of grace and the character of danny and then these sort of like grizzled maternal streak that runs through sarah connor over danny and like the the sort of trio that they become in their forced their forced which turns to organic chemistry it was a movie that i did not think was capable of landing the sensitivity notes that it hit Mm. But I found myself like being sincerely moved, even by the almost comic relief character that was Arnold Schwarzenegger's T-800 slash Carl in in Dark Fate. I thought this movie was so much more emotionally deft than it had any right to be. And honestly, that's why Deadpool was a success, because Mm. he took something that was really crass and really, you know, sophomoric. And he gave it that like dirt bag with a heart of gold thing. That that Ryan Reynolds, fuck everybody who thinks Ryan Reynolds sucks. That guy's funny. I think he's great. <laughs> um, it I I was impressed by Tim Miller being able to deliver on the subtler notes in this story when what we know him from is like the maximalism of something like a Deadpool. And I just it's again not a, not another Terminator has worked in that way for decades. And when you're gonna resurrect the property after 30 years and it has like six, seven, eight, nine screenwriters and it's clearly been sort of glued together, I think it I succeeded to a phenomenal degree. Well, yeah, and amazing. You know, amazing. Yeah, those are magnificent opening statements. And of course, like the critical consensus at the time and still remains to be like, this is the best one since T2. Yeah. Not a very high bar to clear, you know. No. So it's it's fascinating to see like you know rise of the machines it's fine and then like yeah. you get genesis and salvation awful <laughs> right yeah. so it's like you're going in, into this trajectory and uh you know i think tim miller dry, uh, has his team that he brings from deadpool and i think like he, he sort of like bu- bumps head bumps heads with with cameron and mm-hmm. you know it's i, I think bit- i i also think that killing off john connor like gave this a lot of points <laughs> yeah Great, great uh, as, start to a Terminator movie. Yeah, it, Miller. So Miller's a came, comes from the world of visual effects. He's a big visual effects guy. Yeah. Um, and you can definitely tell in this movie. Um, well, for the most part, I I, I do have issues with some of like the flying bodies of like Mackenzie Davis or like yeah uh, that's always that's always a tough one to stick. Yeah, uh, any of the Terminator I do, stuff. I do is wonder how. Solid things like that will age. And I think uh, since 2019, I think that it's aged pretty well. Though, like, again, like comparing this to Cameron's films, uh, Tall Order, right? Because they revolutionized right. visual effects. Or even and, Alita. Um, e- even Alita. Yeah, great, great comparison, right? 
I um okay so this is great this is perfect I love all of this uh let's let's uh, let's kind of uh first kind of rewind a little bit and just kind of we start off every podcast now like kind of talk about the things we've watched recently Mm -hmm. um so I can go first yeah five minutes you should go first watching recently let's do it uh so it's mostly been the Americans uh that's my first I, I that's mostly yeah, what you I've can't been talk watching. don't you can't say much about it though because I too have never watched the Americans and I've managed to not be spoiled oh I, for I, all I, of I don't these years no I, I don't I, I don't and I know I need to watch the Americans Jordan I'm, I'm sure I will love it I mean your team yeah yeah Jack hasn't seen it either no I don't I don't okay, spoil great. it but it's truly and I mean, also haven't managed to be spoiled which you know let's keep I know. it away <laughs> it's incredible I do yeah. have we're to, doing so good we're doing yeah. so well yeah. <laughs> I I do have to shout out Jen Jonas because she's given me probably the greatest gift ever because um she so she picked salt and ever since I've been watched ever since I saw salt which I, I really dug um mm-hmm. I'm just been on such a spy kick that I just decided to watch first I watched the Chris Pine uh the contractor which was I actually watched uh, that just this week I had a good time I yeah liked it i thought yeah. it was fine i thought it was um, really solid i believe you called it, it a gentleman six on ourselves it was a gentleman six for sure yeah uh, i think that's totally fair uh ben foster good um but i so i just been like okay i need more spy shit i need like all of the spy cliches and sorry all right this is the time to finally watch the americans something i've always been like pushing off because it's one of those shows all the tv critics tell you to watch but yes they're always kind of like mm. um it's truly like the best thing I've ever seen. I fucking yeah. love it. I, I, um, I know that I'm go. I know that it's going to be extremely satisfying when I finally. Right. No, it. it's same. It, it's, yeah. it, it's, it's a perfect television show. Uh, no, no, there's notes. a lot of TV out there. A lot of oh, TV I also saw Nope. I have to say, I also saw yeah. Nope. I saw that. I've not been, I've not been able to get that yet. You, you haven't been Noped yet. No, um, I have not. <laughs> You're not Nopilt. Yeah. Uh, Nilt, I, it's like the first time I've been into the theater in a long time it's kind of it kind of bummed me out because i kind of realized oh i have not been going at all yeah um well it's supposed but, to make it you know to like simplify it what's been worth going to the theater for this summer that, that's right where it's well, like I mean, you like, could I always just like, like be more selective and- but i missed like crimes of the future and shit like there was stuff that i'm like i should have just like seen um <laughs> but it's whatever uh nope is tremendous uh it's so man it's one of those movies where you're like fucking jordan peele man i don't know (laughs) it's i texted this to jack where i'm like it's kind of insane he has gotten better at filmmaking from like since get out like each Mm -hmm. movie has been a in my opinion craft has improved a better made film Mm -hmm. and i love get out i think the reason i think his the script of that movie is what keeps it as his best but Mm -hmm. oh yes but like us is also insanely well crafted and this is even better and it's just like that's how and like now his next movie i'm just like you can't there's no way i don't know it's like, i'm not saying <laughs> there's no I'm way saying, i'm not saying he's like the best in the world at it but it's just for some reason but like already three movies in and it's just like holy shit really yeah and maybe we don't say too much about it since it's gonna be no i mean newer no. Uh, no i guess just for it, if if you had anything that pops into mind but um and when right now when we're recording this it's new and when this will come out it's also going to be pretty new uh i will say what it takes from spielberg it's not worn on its sleeve like you would think and i think mm. that's brilliant where it's just like oh it's spielbergian like you like yeah you see, P- critics like, hype like jj abram no but i think what peel does with that is like brilliant no yeah i think it's i think it's for sure like 
it has those elements, but I don't know. Some critics were like, it's just like Spielberg. And I'm like, all right, I don't. It's not, but what, yeah, of course. <laughs> like, what it takes me. I don't know. Like, all right, <laughs> sure. Know. You can say that. Um, yeah. yeah. So that's, that's, um, that's, I've, that's all I've been watching. I, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm just continually thinking about some shots. Cause like, you know, you have like the great Hoi Van Hoitema shooting nope and just, like it just i think it's his best looking movie which us are already had some you know major improvements there but mm-hmm. um Troy is for, good he is yeah good. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, i think he's craftsman right yeah of course um i think he's shooting oppenheimer if i'm mistaken um i saw a trailer for yeah, that for, before the yeah i didn't i didn't get it but i, saw I mean it it's online. like nothing it's it, i yeah, mean I, it's like I, I it's like, like narration right Black yeah it's like w- like weird you know it's like images and it's yeah. just like i mean i'm excited i mean killian yeah. murphy is maybe my favorite well okay it's like him and ben mendelson i have to i it's like those are my two big man crushes and i guess yeah. burnfall burnfall as well but i'm just like i don't well John but like Burnfall's. murphy is oh i love him so much yeah that's your natalia reyes that's Lena a hamilton mackenzie right davis yeah, that's that's a that that's a that's a exquisite exquisite human being right there. <laughs> I mean that jawline. I mean, yeah. all right, all right. I need to calm down. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, uh, I am. I cannot wait for my Barbie Oppenheimer double feature day. Yeah, Barbie's uh, gonna be, be a... the first one in that double feature for me. <laughs> Fair. Oh my gosh, that, that'll yeah, be a great day. The the Photoshop edit going around on Twitter of the Oppenheimer poster edited to be Margot Robbie's yeah. Barbie. <laughs> it's fantastic. Was an extra extraordinary. Yeah, work it's, yeah, internet. yeah. It's one of humankind's great achievements. Yeah. It's um, when you're like, you know for, what, this whole situation's this whole internet's <laughs> worth it for, for moments yeah, like this. Yeah. Yeah. For moments like this. Um, for me, the Irma Vep TV show right now is you and clay, pretty, you and clay Keller screen drafts. Clay. Phenomenal. Okay. Yeah. For a minute. I yeah. was like, wait, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> yeah he's, he's, what did I do? I, he is the yeah. ambassador of Irma. Yeah. Beth, no question. Mm, yes, yes, yes. Uh, I just, I think it's, it has like this relaxed quality to it, but like kind of this, you know, this sense of humor that's like pretty particular to the show's quality and, like I think it's one of Alicia Vikander's. I think it's her best performance ever. Mm-hmm. Um, like everything aside, touches I'm game for. Uh, I phrased Clouds of Sils Maria a lot on an episode for it. Um, you know, it's it's great. Like I, I you wouldn't think a show about Armaveb would be expansive enough to fill <laughs> like right. seven or eight episodes, but like. Yeah, I'm thrilled to see Alicia Vikander out of uh, yeah. out of period piece prison and doing something. <laughs> now we just gotta get again. Keira Knightley. And <laughs> and I mean, Keira Knightley can like what did she say once that like if you send her a script with a feather pressed in the middle of it, like she's yeah. much more likely <laughs> to say That's yes to it. So fucking um, funny. Yeah, but yeah. like there is, and Keira is phenomenal in those movies. Mm-hmm. Alicia Vikander is a different kind of interesting than that, and she is Keira Knightley's been around for much longer as well when she when she is out of sort of regency cosplay like Mm. when you look at Alicia in obviously ex machina when you look at her in Irma Vep when you look at her even in the man from uncle like these are Alicia Vikander I think the best showcases of her kinds of roles and it's when she's and and yes man from uncle is like set in the mid-century but it's not like set in the (laughs) fucking 16th century right right, right, and like there's just there's a sort of politeness to those eras that even like like when women are bucking against it and that's part of the plot like Alicia is funny 
Alicia mm. is just she's something yeah. a bit there's there's a different kind of range that like Carrie Mulligan has an incredible range and I think it extends to older period films like those whereas Alicia I think it kind of bottles her up a little and I think putting her in a more modern presentation allowing her to be a more modern woman of progress I think just fits on her so much better and she gets to have more fun frankly hmm, and sure. she's fun Alicia Vikander yeah. is a fun presence actually yeah she's yeah, always she has been a... super nice in the interviews and stuff I've yeah. never like been put off by her presence people have called her boring and I'm like I don't I don't see that at all. no I don't uh, no. I don't find that to be true at all I, I think I she's extremely that. compelling yeah you yeah. know she's a, a pretty white woman like she's a she's a she's a, Swedish a sounding that's pretty cool uh, lithe yeah. brunette but yeah. I, I think she is a I think she is just a captivating Swedish. screen presence yeah. I don't know if that I and I am a Swedish I am thing. a I am a defender of her Tomb Raider as well she got that okay. little body carved to stone and did so many pull-ups in that movie uh, and I was with every single one of them. She, Jordan, we're we're gonna have to file this away for later. Tomb well, Raider, yeah, Tomb Raider reclamation episode. Yeah. Tomb Raider is super solid. I don't know. I, I like. I, haven't, I, I, I don't know. I haven't seen it. She gives, yet again. She, what what else were you looking for? It, no, yeah, right. I wasn't like, Tomb Raider. No, yeah, I I think she gives the best performance you could ever give in that movie. It's like, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying that means she deserves an Oscar for it, but it's like that was laura croft like she i don't fulfilled the demands of the role and that movie I... fulfilled the demands of being a laura croft movie right i don't i just don't see how she, there could be any person better for that role i mean it's not again it's not like my favorite movie or anything but it is one of those things where it's she i, I there's just no notes for that performance because hey, i'm ready for just... a sequel i've been ready for a sequel well she just i think she just talked about how that's like not happening or not happening but it's like who knows when yeah a complete who knows well alicia i'm i'm out here rooting for you right yeah uh i also wanted to shout out one of my favorite performances that's not alicia vikander in irma vep it's from vincent mccani uh Mm -hmm. who is one who we've discussed actually in eden uh plays one of the friends to the main character and he plays the director in irma vep who's doing the remake of ladies vampires Uh, so so good very like quietly anxious and you know just Great show, great show. <laughs> well, the, the thing that's coming to my right now is is the thing that um because I think I've just been talking about it a lot lately is it's almost out and it is bodies, 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 oh. um which I loved and I have uh in my appreciation for it has grown even since I saw it uh, a couple of months ago at a screening and I hope that it. I hope that it delivers for a summer horror movie and A24 to reaffirm that studio's uh, commitment this year to going bigger, to going brasher, to going more towards fun and color and loud than, you know, horror of the negative space and, you know, the drama of the in-betweens and the implications and basically the emotional um and pacing opposite in every way of the green knight and i i'm really glad i'm really glad that this movie i think this has been 
that studio's best year for me personally. I loved X. I loved, as everyone should, everything, everywhere, all at once. Loved Bodies. And I am extremely excited for Pearl um, because I simply cannot get enough of Mia Goth. And, is that um, coming out the same year as X? I don't know if it's coming out theatrically this year, but I know it's making its, it's film festival playing later this yeah. year. And that's the prequel to X. Yeah, because yeah, they yeah. they shot it, they shot it together. It's like back so to it's back, yeah. Been yeah. Done. I haven't I haven't seen X, but I, I like Ty West, so I definitely need to see it. Yeah, you X, like I, the it's, Devil. It's certainly my favorite thing Ty West has done. Um, it is I mean, it's such a wonderful use of Britney Snow, who looks like she's having more fun than yeah. ever. Um, Mia, when Clay to, to recognize and understand that Mia Goth is a fucking movie star um, is perhaps the highest the highest rank of praise I could bestow upon Ty West being like, ah, yeah, you've got a lot of great qualities, Ty, but the fact that you understand that Mia Goth deserves her own movies, like, yeah. well, you're you're truly one of the greats, my friend. Yeah, she's, she's the most incre- unique, she's incredible. unique looking person in the world right now. Yeah, she's well, incredible. And she, no she's one looks a, like her. She's a mm-hmm. model, too, I believe. Like, yeah, she's, she, she certainly has modeled. And um, she... It's such a like you watch interviews with her sometimes and, and you watch you watch videos of her like there's there's a tremendous from back around like the cure for wellness days. So very early on. But like mm-hmm. there's one of those W magazine, like kind of young Hollywood amalgam, you know, compilation videos where it's right. Mia Vashkovska's in it and Dane DeHaan and and Mia Goth and everybody's Ooh. like giving really earnest kind of normal answers to these questions like, you know who's who's your best friend and Dane DeHaan's like my mom's my best friend and he's like you know total sweetie wife guy and like who's like it's like who's the most important person you need in the world that's what it is and Dane DeHaan says like my mom is my best friend and I love my wife and Mia Voshkovska says something along those lines and Mia Goth is like I'd say J-Lo Jennifer Lopez so funny like completely sincerely and it keeps like cutting over to their like very normal answers and we just keep cutting back to Mia continuing to expound on why j-lo is great and it's like this is awesome you're very strange and at one point she starts just like dancing and like moving because she's talking about how much jennifer lopez is always moving and how much she loves that and it's like that's so funny you're strange and perhaps very fun which i think gives we so you know emma's kind of the only movie we have of mia goth where she's playing a character of levity uh, hmm. where she's not sort of uh, either subject to or representative of the worst possible thing that could be going on with a person in any given story she's in. And, and she Emma has proves such, that she can do that. Yeah, you know, she, like, has such a, she has such a phenomenal dynamic skill set and is one of the most interestingly gorgeous women in the entire world. And that voice hmm. and that intensity... I I simply love her. Um, so yeah, but but bodies bodies will be my my pick for what I sort of can't quit thinking about right now. And I do hope that people give that a good theatrical run because that is the coolest goddamn ensemble cast of 2022. And they're having a great time. If you've missed sort of the 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 mean cruel the the fun cruelty of the 2000s in horror, which I often do, uh, this does that really well. And harkens back to it without being so regressive, as as that era uh, remains cast in amber in our in our minds and and in the archives. Yeah. So holy cow, kind of looked like Slumber Pearl Party is... Massacre to me when I just saw the trailers. Like it's I, I more know. Sorority Row than it is Slumber Party Massacre. Okay, okay. Uh, it turns out Pearl does have a release date it's coming out mid September. That's neat. 
Wow, we are wow. blessed. He's pulling a Soderbergh. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna wait to purchase any of those movies until I can purchase both of them at the same time in an obscene right, right, right. box set. And of course, like Pearl and X coming off of Ty West taking this hiatus from filmmaking. I mean, those yeah, features. Filmmaking. When was House of the Devil? Uh, 2009. 2009. I was gonna say at least yeah. a decade ago. Wait, and that was his last movie, right? Or yeah, am I, yeah, yeah. Am I, I think he's done no. television, music videos. I was going like to say, I think he's between. done TV works and stuff. Right, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I love so much that they shot um, X and Pearl in conjunction because that yeah. means Pearl was same summer no contingent upon uh, X's box office performance. We just yeah. got to have the entire story uh, two for the price of one because X didn't perform that well theatrically which is but it cost like five but... bucks right like it wasn't I, they didn't put a huge amount of money into it uh probably not a ton because ty west doesn't tend to work that way but right you know people are always inclined to give you more if you overperform for them no it's i i think x was pretty good no that's i, I, I think i think it's kid cuddy produce it yeah yes he's yes. a producer I was... along with um sam levinson and ty yes. west yes uh, I was going to say before I forgot that I think when Clay gets to X, you're going to love what Kid Cudi is doing. He has a couple of like he's physical excellent. comedy he's, moments. He's extremely charming. And you're like, wow, it's like super like creative. But Well, and the movie has, um, and yet again, it's a movie with that, that does much more with sincerity and tenderness than mm. you anticipate that it's going to do. Expect, and I think yeah. it pulls it off really well in the midst yeah. of like the blood and the gore and the comedy and the slashing and the sex. Um, mm. I think it is a, and I think too, with the, with the sex and the nudity, I think it's a wonderful case for like present day neo-exploitation cinema where like, you know, the sort of thesis of the director within the film, like I want to prove that you can make a good dirty movie. Like X is a good dirty movie. And mm. I think it, it's a great right, framework right. for, and I think, and I, I similarly too, with, with Bodies, Bodies, I think it is a great argument on behalf of we can take these things that define horror of earlier times when um, eras in which there's a lot of bad to discard and a lot of regressive that we do, don't need to go back to, but that still holds mm. a lot of like wonderful fun and and genre and horror joy that if we can find to bring away find a way to bring it sustainably and equitably into the present film conversation, that it can unlock like an even higher plane of horror to execute on and have just have more fucking fun with. Um, than we've been able to sort of master up to this point because it's a lot of juggling of how do you take schlock b pulp exploitation and make it present-minded and not regrettable like uh, you know something i've been talking about lately with bodies is that you know it's filled with it's mean bitch horror every character is a mean bitch in this movie and um the way that we formerly, I think, really understood me and bitches in movies is when they were like fat phobic and racist. Right. For, like no reason but to let you know that like they're horrible. They're the bully. Right. And this, you know, bodies, bodies is essentially every character is a race to the bottom for who's sort of like the worst person in the room. But it doesn't indicate that in any of them by having them be bigots for sport. And so it's like, look, guys, we can have our cake and eat it, too, in this way. And the more movies that I see that show us, the more movies that I see that show me that we are learning a way to sustainably create vicious, like, subversive and like a little and like 
transgressive, a little bit of a little bit of throwback to the, you know, if we could bring back the erotic thriller, I think that would be the ultimate culmination of this of this journey that we're on. But and we certainly tried this year but... for being able to roll out more salacious genres um, that have been sufficiently updated for us to be able to revel in what was great about those original kinds of things like erotic thrillers without having to be like, oh, I hope no women were abused on that set. So, yeah, yeah. We just need to keep Adrian Lynn away from, uh, you know, in 2022, I suppose. I, uh, I as a deep water fan. No, I what, am too. I'm just, yeah. Yeah, no, Adrian, Adrian line. That man is, uh, he is, he is a time capsule. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Drew Corsolo, you're back with us. Uh, yes. Lovely to have you here. Uh, way, way too long since you're, yeah, you, you last joined so us. Long. Truly so long. Um, and I love, love, love that you've already gone into your history with Terminator Dark Fate, which you brought us here today. But I think maybe since this is Clay and I's uh, first time with it, that mm. we go around and do our history with the franchise, our relationship to it. Yeah. Talk. Talk fast. Who first? My name is Sarah Connor. August 29, 1997. It was supposed to be Judgment Day. But I changed the future. Saved three billion lives. Enough of a resume for you? No. You may have changed the future. But you didn't change our fate. You. Never seen one like you before. Almost human. I am human. Just enhanced. Why do you care what happens to her? Because I was her. Sarah! I can see you're very upset. I'm going to help you protect the girl. because of me if you don't make it everybody dies expect a big pain brother the whole body's a weapon sorry when this is all over i am going to kill you i understand I'll be back. I don't know, man. It's like, I've seen the first two. I saw the first two. Man, I feel like I must have caught some of it, either one on cable at some point when I was way too young. But the thing is, you know, they edit their shit out of it. So it probably wasn't okay. right. But mm. when I first like fully watched them, 
Oh man, I don't even know because it was just one of those. It, you know, it's one of those movies where you're just like, all right, I'm into movies now. I have into to watch. cultural osmosis. Yeah, like it's especially if you're movie. into genre shit. Like it's yeah, just right. it's the time, and because um, that's like the defining uh, characteristics of Cameron's films that uh you know speak of slashers like the first one is so like jaws with shorts oh very much like, so, it's, yeah it's very much like the slasher you know it's like this presence that's unstoppable it's you know fucking like kyle reeson's monologue to yeah Jordan it's, it's a Michael then, like, stop movie michael that, fucking myers right 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 and uh you know two is like so wholeheartedly in action uh you know peace and so they're, they're so contained with their genres in mind yeah so i looked it up i must have seen them in like like before the summer of 2015 because that's when i first started having a letterbox and i didn't log it as we talked about i must have first right 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 so i must those i must have seen those two before that and i haven't seen i haven't rewatched them since which is a crazy statement because (laughs) it's one of those it's one of those things it was like i love those movies but i had i just haven't rewatched them but i remember pretty vividly both ones like i'm not i'm not a big like i i i catch things again it's only certain movies do I I really go in for a rewatch because there's just there's just so much to watch. I don't Me and like, Jack even are the when same it's way. like oh I need we're, to check that we're out. We're all again. the same team. Yeah. Very very yeah. rarely do I actually unless it's Blade, unless it's Blade or Blade Trinity, I'll watch those fucking movies constantly. That and that in Serenity, fuck Joss Whedon. Um, but I love the movie Serenity, and oh, that's, for a minute, that I was one of those ones where I, I would just like I, I thought you were too. I would push oh no that fun yeah. but like couldn't watch that all the time <laughs> the no, other 2019 firefly yeah. extension serenity i used to just like i would put that on when it was on netflix and i would just watch it for a while and then the next time i wanted to watch it i would just start it right where i left off and also uh probably one of my most watched movies of all time the general's daughter that's one every time huh. it's on tbs i'm watching the general's daughter fascinating but other but I'm, see it's not necessarily like oh these are my best movies of all time but for some reason they just maintain yeah. The highest rewatch value, with the exception of Blade, which arguably could be the best movie of all time. Somebody can make you put on that. you put on Blade for white noise, like that's what that's like. You I know, love I love Blade and asleep. I love Blade Trinity and Blade Two is entirely irrelevant to me. But like Blade Damn. One and Blade Three, prime time. Guillermo found dead in a ditch. Oh my gosh! Um, that, I mean, that's that. I think that's why. I think that's why it doesn't totally jibe for me is because it to me it's it's not a very it's a fun Guillermo del Toro movie and a poor Blade movie to me. Okay, like if I, I if it wasn't me wanting more of the Blade from the first one, um, then I would probably be like, oh yeah, I can totally get myself over. But if this was just other Guillermo del Toro movie not attached to Wesley Snipes' Blade and just like made made Ron Perlman the main <sighs> character instead and it was something else, I'd be all fucking over it. But as a Blade movie, good. I don't, uh, it doesn't sing for me. I, I, I completely understand. And I'm totally sure. fucking in for the Ryan Reynolds buddy comedy spin on the third one where we get Jennifer, Jessica Biel and her arms co-starring with, to me, separate credits. Was it Dominic? Who's the prison break guy? Dominic uh, Purcell. Yeah, I like Dominic Purcell. Dominic Purcell. <laughs> and I mean, it's the gayest blade. It has Parker Posey doing fucking vampire drag. Like that is the queer horror blade is Blade Trinity. You have, I mean, you have Ryan Reynolds abs and you have Parker Posey just like skulking through every frame she's in. Remarkable. Can't, Parker can't Posey sells it. it for me. That sells, that, I didn't it's know she one of that. her best performances. She is at once completely aloof and playing it to the hilt in the only in the way that only Parker Posey could. 
And the fact that she gave herself over that completely in that kitschy of a way to a Blade movie, remarkable. Time capsule. Has she ever phoned it in? I even if she does, it still works. That's the thing. Even if it does, like technically, her her entire like her entire character profile waiting for Gusman is phoning it in. Yeah, but is also like stealing every scene. Like it's it's the it's the magic of Parker Posey. Yeah, true. Yeah, I yeah, she's great. Um, with me, those movies like that I rewatch. It's it's Dread and maybe like but mostly dread outstanding um, boy god i really i one of lena Headey's great performances tremendous right. I, I i just watch clips of that movie sometimes and then i just like oh i guess i have to rewatch it because i fucking <laughs> oh, it's so yeah that's that well that happens to me with neon demon oh i should watch part of neon demon and then i inevitably end up watching the rest of neon demon but that's a neon demon's a movie that i want to go back to in clip form a lot mm-hmm. I, I think I like I think I did that with John Wick. I just wanted to see the scene of uh, Michael Nyquist like talking about you know like describing John Wick as like you know I gave him an impossible task yeah a task that no one should come from the bodies he buried that day are the foundation we lay upon now or whatever. <laughs> uh, I uh, might I wish Adrian Pilecki had made it out of that first movie. Um, I would have loved her brunette smoky eyed assassin to have carried through the franchise. That was she- a real bummer she's going to connect to this movie some way funny enough i'm going to have a connection like her is going to she's going to connect to terminator dark fate i'm going to make that adrian palicki i know wow okay i'm going to make a connection just watch out um but i was gonna say but yeah no like uh oh yeah terminator terminator one two um yeah i mean it's one of the like i love those movies i think about like the first one the police um station scene a lot i think about Mm um her in the mental asylum a lot i mean the moment that it's also the one of those those movies that's like they're in a thousand different clips if you're watching something yeah, on youtube or whatever true. it's like they always come up um and i think it makes and, sense for me too that that police station sequence in the first one is so memorable and unforgettable because it's almost like that's when the movie finds itself and it realizes what it's trying to say and you know hamilton is like, great in that like and, it's one of those i don't know it was such a subversion to me because it's like it's not like assault in precinct 13 where it's like five police officers mm-hmm. or whatever. It's like an entire building of them. And he kills every single one of them. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. Uh, that, yeah, that all, I watched that, you know, I was, I think I watched that like 15 or whatever. And I'm like, that fucking, I just was blown away. I'm like, I didn't know you could do that. You can like film that. Like you can make something like that. Um, so yeah, it, yeah, and I think about you know when Robert Patrick first like you know does like the metal thing through the uh, uh, barred uh, yeah like the barred bars. door yeah that, fantastic that, you know those are yeah. a, that's funny. I mean also James Cameron is such a great director you just you know a lot of the shit he's done it just sticks with you it doesn't really leave mm-hmm. um, but yeah I don't but I have no real connection to this franchise I like yeah. Arnold I think it's still like Arnold's like that and like Total Recall are like the highlights of his career to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's incredible in Total, Re- Total Recall. I love that fucking, movie. Oh, it's so fucking Verhoeven, man. Oh my god. Um, speaking of another Swede, uh, or no, he's Dutch. Dutch, Dutch yep. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Same. No. no. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, uh, I know. Yeah, I have no real connection to the franchise. I skipped all the sequels. I don't know when I plan on watching them, if ever. Yeah. Um, uh, and I. I plan to kind of go see this one, but other things came up. Um, I remember, similar to you, always having them in some capacity, like knowing the beats, except like my dad 
uh, finally sat us down and just like, ever seen Terminator? I was like, I think it was, I think I saw them with my dad when I was like 13 or 14. Um, and it was a cool dad, man. <laughs> I, yeah. You know, I was thinking about it today and I was like, you know, it makes sense why my dad loves the, or loves the Cameron films. Um, you know, first one is 84. He's a teenager when it comes out. Right. Uh, 91 is when T2 comes out. He was our age. Mm-hmm. You no, know, so so it's like perfect ages for for him to be like this is oh, like yeah. what, the highest peak of cinema, um, and for that to kind of like, you know to have the first two Terminators connect, um, and then like for me to like see them, uh, see both of them when the first one came out for my dad is like, yeah, I was it was it was awesome, you know, <laughs> it's like they're they're timeless, like in a hundred years that we don't we don't need to talk about the first like they're you know very famous, um, yeah, they they stand but, alone, yeah, they, yeah, they're they're, they're, they're yeah, covered, yeah, they're good, they're good. Um, I saw, yeah, and I think T2, I've seen much more than T1 over the years, um, not to be confused with Trainspotting 2. I still find it hysterical that Danny Boyle went entitled Trainspotting 2, T2. That, when there's yeah, that is, that's a very famous movie. That's it's either a very T2. intentional or, or extremely disconnected. <laughs> I feel like that probably wasn't his decision. I have a feeling about that. Yeah, maybe. Um, I saw the rest of the sequels for this episode because I figure when else am I gonna get to see them even if they don't matter for Dark Fate I was like you know what just like to fill in the gaps like um not great but it, you know it's, it's like got to do other things so I'll, it's like you know checking in with uh with our friends in the Terminator sequels but no I mean it, it it's almost like a tall order to ask when you make Terminator sequels because it's like you already have like two high achievements in their genres and it's just like well where else do we go like yeah I mean of... you have two definitive achievements you have two it's consecutively no, definitive it's... achievements and yeah. I mean I think it, it's unfortunate uh you know was it an ad- a well-advised green light with Dark Fate like was there a hunger for a return to the Terminator franchise especially I, after I'm Genesis fucking thrilled that they did it because again this is my favorite Terminator but I feel like in a sense there was there was some sort of there was a setup for um underperformance because I don't know how much people were clamoring for I don't know what like you have Arnold back you have Linda Hamilton back they're doing the like present day formula mm-hmm. of pull back original elements, bring them into a reboot, mm-hmm. like set up for success in the way that, you know, obviously we're so well for Halloween 2018, then Halloween kills is absolutely fucking egregious, but yeah. like that has clearly become a formula for the present. And I think that this executed on that fantastically well, I don't know how else you could have sold it to people. I don't know that, I don't know that you could make the clear case that like, well, we should have just killed off. We should have just rebooted it wholesale entirely. It's like, well, no, but we have done that. We have right. done this without That's that Genesis. Sarah Connor. We have done this without Arnold. Like that has happened and it didn't work. And so I think people really were probably expecting more of Genesis because it seemed to kind of take the same, like, all right, totally new people in the present day. We're not like post-judgment day yet and like the obliterated, yeah. ob- obliterated future present sort of situation. That cast um, is insane. Yeah. And it, it like I I saw I saw the both Terminators when I was young. I probably saw two before I saw one because um it was a blockbuster and I was young and then it was like, oh yeah, yeah that's Terminator most one people. 
I yeah. think that's legit. Most people. Yeah, I would say if you're if you're a if you're a if you're a millennial in like the firmly millennial bracket like myself, I I'm certainly a geriatric millennial at 37. Um, I would I would imagine that's a pretty regular order to have watched them in, and then the other ones. I watched them all as they came out, like yeah. maybe not in theaters, but when they came out on VHS to rent, it was like, well, it's Terminator time. And I have absolutely no <laughs> remaining thoughts. I have no lingering thoughts about any of them. I'm bummed mm. it, the Genesis wasted Jai Courtney and Jason Clark, because I both think they're phenomenal. Jason Clark's phenomenal all the time. And I think Jai Courtney is phenomenal when you know just what to do with him. Well, um, I actually, I, I, I have a good time with Terminator 3. And I think Kristana Loken is an excellent Terminator. And I love that we get Claire Danes in a Terminator movie. Uh, the Christian Bale one I have almost zero recollection from in and out of my mind mm-hmm. instantly. But like Dark Fate, yeah. I was immediately captivated by. I was enamored of it. And I, you know, obviously that plays heavily into like, again, the most queer pandering Terminator movie. But like this movie does, this franchise is obviously known for its like famous introductions. Like seeing, you know, the way you meet Sarah Connor in two with like the pull-ups and like Mm -hmm. cut from stone, Linda Hamilton, the way we meet T-800 when he comes on the scene naked through the sphere of light, sphere of lightning. And then in this one, we get the Mackenzie- Davis entrance in the same way. And I love how we we open on her with that. And I think it's a fantastic, I think it's a fantastic intro in the tradition that it holds up to the tradition that the uh, originals in the franchise set. And I just like, this is a bunch of excellent actors doing a great job. And Gab- and Gabriel Luna is, his interviews about this movie were so sweet. He was just like so gracious and praising of like mm-hmm. all of his co-stars and how amazing they were and how happy he was to be making the movie. And I just like the the truck chase the factory fight the fucking like immigration detention facility fight oh so fucking good and like just the 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 wonderful moment when Mackenzie Davis like has one of the guards sort of in her hand and she's like where is so and so like and refers to it as like a jail and she's like well it's a detention facility and Mackenzie Davis just looks at her with death in her eyes like you fucking bitch you're gonna tell me that right now and she's like sorry it's like yeah let's I I like that that little tiny nod I I like the I like the emphasis on I think it does a great job of opening the movie in Mexico City and I think that is a really it's I think the evocative image of Mexico City and a Mexican brother and sister in this environment as representative of like the future and possibility of humanity I think if you're going to do the like we're have an eye on the future and we're going to do the gender swap thing I think that's a really solid way to start it and Mm -hmm. you know by the time they have bonded together and we have them riding in the back of a truck together and Mackenzie Davis is just like gently stroking the hair of Danny Reyes and 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 you you just see the sort of like intimacy between the two of them that is forged in this future relationship that this present day iteration of Danny has absolutely no idea about, but you get such a wonderful demonstration of like the story of their lives to come. I thought those little grace notes like that throughout the movie were really good. And again, an unexpectedly fucking funny performance from Arnold Schwarzenegger as Carl, the like home repair guy. A very like comfortable Schwarzenegger too. Very. Um, And in our last episode that came out before this one on dragon the johnny yen movie we talk a bit about what does a modern action star look like and it's mm-hmm. kind of fascinating that they of course bring back schwarzenegger for this one for this for this reboot um we get a chance to look at like a sort of a declining action star and like mm-hmm. what is a grizzled older like a someone who's like passing the baton yet i don't think he looks tired in this or i think if he does look tired in this it's used to some pretty 
creative uh, extremes. <laughs> well, I, and it, 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 I'm, I, I enjoy, and I also I enjoy love, Arnold's, um, I enjoy oh, Arnold's I, embrace of this smaller, more specific role in this movie to yeah. be like, yeah, I'm here to do the job. I don't have to be in the entire movie. He doesn't, I'm going to bring my, my Arnold yeah. sense of humor to the fore. And mm-hmm. that's how, and then I'm going to maybe make you get a little weepy at the end because you're going to so mm-hmm. quickly reattach to my character again. And I thought that was a really, that was a really fantastic way to handle the legacy aspect of that. I read too that Arnold is actually into interior designing and it's kind of cool that they wove that into Carl. I was going to say, I really hope that that was then like, okay, well, this is an interest of his. So let's bring this mm. into the character. Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do it. You have to He's very defensive. Yeah. Yeah. When he would, yeah, yeah. His firm opinions on like lighting and like yeah. carpeting <laughs> in just in the middle of blowing shit up is like, yes, these are the jokes yeah. that I'm, I'm absolutely that's, here to experience. That's why and I, and I like always, that Carl owns a small bear as well. That's right. Cool. That's why I've always been fucking furious. Anytime tr- someone tries to tell me he's not a good actor. I think that's the no, dumbest Schwarzenegger, fucking Schwarzenegger is an actor. He's an actor. Right. I don't. Okay. Has he given all great performances? Fuck no. no. But are you a bit fucking, like, well, no, that sure. kind of reminds me of the Nick Cage thing that people will be like, what a dork, you know, it's like, but I want to, they have sensibilities okay. like any actor, you know, like, well, when we, it was interesting doing the, doing the Planet Hollywood draft for, for screen drafts. It, that was, you know, out of 20, like ranking the top 20 out of the films of Bruce Willis, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone. And it was very interesting to see like, what were the specific designations that emerged of these of these characters these personae in Hollywood and and you know it seemed like by the end of it like by the end of us drafting it was like Bruce Willis was you know seemed to be most firmly the actor because he was the one who could most believably slip into the widest variety of roles yeah he's like a real person yeah yeah he just and and he you know not being a sort of physical caricature in the way that you can make Sly and and Arnold um, that that was a little easier for him, you know. He starts his he starts his career as like a screwball romantic comedy guy in film, um, which to say nothing of Moonlighting. Um, but then with Arnold Schwarzenegger, what you had was such a was such a movie star, and I think the pervasive movie starness of his performances of his of his presence in Hollywood overshadows the fact that when he committed to it, he did bring such a surprising texture and variety and depth to to a number of his roles and like to be able to like Conan the Barbarian is obviously an early raw work but to be able to start as Conan the Barbarian and then to grow into something like and yes this was clearly like a sort of like I'm going to take a dramatic role work but like something like Maggie where he is very Mm. credible as this like sensitive father in this you know dark sort of quote-unquote elevated horror emotional drama setting where he's you know protective of his abigail breslin daughter who's been infected with the zombie virus and he's trying to his, to save her before she dies he is good at things like that and then you watch him mm-hmm. in something like even i think one of actually my favorite arnold performances is last action hero where mm-hmm. going from quipping jack slater and blowing shit up jack slater to understanding that he is a a piece of paper character a, a one-dimensional work of character in a three-dimensional world when he exits the realm of his film and comes into real life New York City. That is a fascinating moment to watch him really reconcile quickly to this to the the kid in it. I think it's Danny is his name. Like you just told me my entire life was a lie. Like what do you expect right. me to be doing right now? And I think in the midst of a movie that could get panned by some and fucking did by you, Drew. 
I think Drew McWeeny, you were responsible for vetoing that in screen drafts. Um, I think it gets looked over in favor of like that movie being, you know, a a precursor to something like modern day Space Jam that's, you know, product placement and shilling kind of thing and and crossover of IP. Um, We forget how capable he was in in, capable he has been in his career of playing multiple, Mm -hmm. multiple kinds of big, tough, strong man. Yes. I I think I mean, also. I think it would be hysterical if Drew McWeeny listens to this and he's like, God damn it. Like, yeah, I'm not over Drew McWeeny. I haven't forgiven. I haven't forgiven. <laughs> I have not forgotten. <laughs> Never will. One, one thing about Arnold, one of the great cinematic butts in history. I got to just, I got to oh, put sure, it out yeah. there. The, well, you work butt, that hard. You should have something to show for it. Exactly. Mm. His butt in the first and second Terminator. I mean, no. Yeah, right. Of course. World class. Uh, five, five stars. Uh, yeah. I, I can't. Yeah, good. Yeah, Very yeah. good. And, you know, shouts out to Mackenzie Davis's ass in Dark Fate. I because feel again, like all of you the work Terminator- that hard to get your body made of steel. I right. am looking respectfully. Absolutely, I am. <laughs> right. I think. Props I, to you. I, I think a qualification for being cast as a Terminator is you have to have a great butt. And that's like yeah. one of the things. Listen, um, it's going to have a featured role. So exactly. you're going to focus a, a bit of training on that to make sure you're ready for your big moment. The and got an, uh, they ask on and credit. Oh, yeah, yeah, it, I mean, again, much like Jessica Biel's arms should have in Blade Trinity. Like, yeah, let's course, recognize the hard work and achievements here. Mm. And I, uh, I got to interview Linda Hamilton when Dark Fate came out. And ooh. it was one of the most intimidating experiences of my career she seems gnarly now she was yeah wonderful and lovely but she came out of retirement to do this movie yeah. like this isn't a woman who's who seeks attention she lives i think in new orleans yeah. she's not trying to court any sort of spotlight she is just living her life and she is a very plain spoken like matter of fact normal woman and there was such a lovely tenderness in hearing her talk about sarah connor and coming back to play the part one more time, it felt to me, and you know, hey, she's on a press tour, but it did feel in listening to her talk about it that like this reprisal of the role did feel sincerely worth it to her. It didn't feel like, you know, listening to someone press the flesh and speak in platitudes and be like, well, you know, you know, there's no I in team kind of bullshit while they're, while they're talking to media. There was, I don't think, Linda Hamilton has to say anything she doesn't want to say. She's she's pretty candid. And like you read the wonderful profile of her that Kyle Buchanan did when this movie was coming out. Like this wasn't meant to be her move to like break back into the industry. It was an exceptional, exceptional circumstance where she agreed to come back for this thing. And I think that really speaks highly to like Tim Miller crying when introducing the movie. Right. And I, I think it was viewed as a cynical a revival of a property and people were a bit jaded and didn't really want to turn out for something like that. But I do think that this movie was a product of a lot of heart and I think that shows in it. And I don't think it is actually the cash grab that a lot of people, simply the cash grab that a lot of people interpreted it to be who didn't go see it in theater. Right. I think Mackenzie's also talked about how she loves the movie. Um, And and talk about like how Frank, Linda is, it's like, you talk to her now. She's like, and she, I think after the movie came out and you were like, so you want to do a sequel? And she's like, God, no, are you kidding me? That was so fucking hard. Like, I mean, yeah, I mean, she's, I, she, she's in her prop with sixties now. 62. That shape is hard to get in when you're 35, let alone 65 fucking 65. So like, the kind of training and I'm sure diet management and physical stress to become that again is like 
I am never ruining my life like that again, ever. Right. And she calls herself a bit of a control freak. So she was a little like uneasy about like stunt doubles and stuff like that. So she wanted to kind of do it herself, which is more power to you, but also be careful of your body, which is like, you know, I'm like, so I'm kind of glad, you know, and, and, and she also was like, well, if, you know, if it said, you know, if it's, if it says something to me, then I'll do it, obviously. But, yeah. but I just don't want to do that again. And um, um, Mackenzie Davis, too, I had the I had the opportunity to interview when that movie came out, which was a real goal for me. Right. Um, and we what a what a what an individual. Um, yeah, God, she's she's so elite. Yeah. Um, I'm going to watch Halt and Catch Fire after this. Like, like after I, I know that, the and, that and the Americans are the two shows that I I, I most um, egregiously, because, you know, there's a lot of TV out there. There's but a lot of TV out those there. are the two shows that I most egregiously have not watched, considering like my personal priorities for media intake. Right. Um, but getting to interview her for that um, film as well, we talked about, she was like, you know, she was like, I know the term gets thrown around a lot. She's like, but I sincerely cannot find the male gaze in this movie. And I was like, Mackenzie, I'm with you 100%. And I think one of the, I think a thing that really startled me about this movie as well was in the way that like, when you watched Wonder Woman and you saw how Patty Jenkins prioritized the point of view on Gal Gadot, objectively, uh, like one of the most beautiful people working in Hollywood today. And in like a small Wonder Woman warrior of Themyscira outfit, even in a sequence where she's like swimming underwater, you see her like there's a possible kind of like upskirt angle that could happen with her. But the shot is framed such that like we're not leering at Gull in that way in that frame, which is something that we're just really used to seeing as a default point of view on women in situations where you could see them in a more sexual way. And in this movie, like you obviously have like, you have women dressed like butch tactical. It's not like, (laughs) it's not like early Black Widow tactical where it's like, let's put the most, like let's put the most, form-fitting exposing full coverage item we can on Scarlett Johansson to show off Scarlett Johansson and plus Scarlett Johansson she's a complete stunner and I hope she watches that and she's like fucking yeah that was me that that is me um but to watch this movie and see the prioritization of things that felt not necessarily like functional i'm not saying they look like what a fucking seal team would wear if they were going into but they're like, wearing like what a plumber wears they're whatever. looking like, yeah they're they're, they're, yeah. they're they look more functional than they do like they they look more functional than they do what so many filmmakers and and creators of television have shown us that women should prioritize when looking like they're going into an intense right. environment of combat and also the way even in which particularly like Mackenzie and Linda are formed muscularly these do not look like workouts that were done for cute muscles they look like workouts that were done for function muscles and that were meant to make them look imposing and powerful and i feel like throughout the movie in the way that the camera does perceive and express how we are meant to experience mackenzie specifically and and linda hamilton too we are meant to admire them we are meant to be sort of in awe and maybe in fear of their strength right. and their capability. And through that, if that is how you experience attraction, if that is how you experience prurient interest in another person, if that turns you on, then great. But it doesn't feel like the priority is turning someone on first and then functionality second. And I really, really liked that this movie committed to that choice and gave you basically like two dyke women fighting for two hours which we don't normally get to have. 
<laughs> it's true. I mean, like, I mean, yeah, it's like Mackenzie, like most of them are like cargo pants or fucking like jeans. Like, yeah, this is and not, she's like, just she's just tops. she's in a, a yeah. white tank top, like a white boxy a tank top the dirty entire time. White tank when they have her put different clothes on when she's in the detention facility they make her more masculine not less yeah, she's yeah, like, no, it's... she you know she starts the movie in like a pasted on fitted jean but then she ends up in like men's dickies beating right. the shit out of like cops at a border patrol facility in like a in a boxy workwear shirt it's like you have just desexualized one of your female leads even further than you had up to this point and in doing so the snake is eating its tail and it's it's even hotter to me than it was before give me sexy mechanic um mackenzie davis in this movie Mm. I, I I agree. I agree a hundred percent. No disagreements for me on that. Front. <laughs> um, In fact, the, yeah, and obviously, like the cleanest, sleekest, kind of prettiest character. I mean, Danny is Danny is gorgeous, but is kind of mm. Gabriel Luna. <laughs> like, mm. oh, the, yeah. like, like you, that man looks like he. You're ready to take him to the prom. Oh my god. Yeah, because I I think with Gabriel Luna, he's certainly emulating Robert Patrick's, but it's not. Yeah. A right away imitation he's more um, charming that he's more yeah i was just gonna say yeah he's um he nails the charisma and i think that it it shows that there's a lot of care in um i was almost, I was almost gonna say skynet but legion <laughs> sending yes, legion. down a new right totally different thing right um but they're sending down like a new um version or like an upgraded uh robert patrick model is it T nine thousand, I think. Uh, for no, Rev. The, oh wait. Oh, in no. I'm, th- oh, I'm thinking know. of uh, Robert Patrick. Yeah. But T one thousand is Robert Patrick. T one thousand. Yes. Yes. Because T eight hundred is T eight hundred. Um. Yeah. It's the that's the original yeah, Arnold. Yeah. You know what? You know what else? I thought that's that's sort of unrelated. We don't have to stay. I don't want to stay on this for a while. Um, Jim Cameron was never a canonical filmmaker for me. Like he was never one of my people. Like I mean, yeah. I, I've never. I were Clanai's generation never had a Jim Cameron movie really because mm-hmm. like I think I was a little too young for Avatar um and yeah never, and I, I mean I, there's the argument of like how 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 impactful is Avatar really and I find it to be a hilariously <laughs> ephemeral movie in, and like, I, like, I think the, you the, know the most profitable into, movie that nobody remembers kind of situation no like, absolutely and I think tying into this year um uh Jim Cameron wasn't on set yet he has a story by credit uh, and a producer credit on this, yeah, but never on set because he was working on Avatar sequels. <laughs> well, also, he and he's I for the rest of his life a film <laughs> editor. Uh, Jordan, you mentioned earlier about how could they sell this movie, and my take would be is you also wait the to... November release date doesn't help. I just want to say, like, yeah, it's not. They great. were planning. Uh, yeah, I think that's a fair pla- point. They were planning on July for a long time. And I'm like, why would you, you know, maybe they have to shuffle things around, but it's like July seems perfect for this. Yeah, no, I, it's, it's, this is an odd holiday blockbuster choice. Even since like you're emulating T2 so much and Judgment Day was like such a notorious July release, summer release. Um, The way you sell this to me is you wait two years, you get the effects a little better and you have James Cameron direct it. That's the only way that you can eat. It could maybe that's still not profitable, but that's the only way I could see for it for like maximizing its like stature. Because Mm -hmm. 
I suppose I, like if in that case of Skydance wants to wait that long for Jim to finish of Avatar to like then <laughs> at this point I can't I have to assume that th- there can't be a single person in Hollywood that's like well once James finishes Avatar yeah that's the, that, that's the thing and I know that's think true no happened. you're right that's you're a, right. that's a real yeah. I've got a bridge to sell you yeah. that, thing that's the point. only aren't there like fucking nine announced Avatars or something like that like my something. god <laughs> I mean I think he's filmed two uh, two or three of them I forget like these are um, movies that like even see. if even if he was humming along and in production in all of them these are movies that take fucking years to make just one of them like they're so involved and technically sort of ambitious it's like dude one three movies from now you're gonna be fucking 90 like uh, where do you see this going I mean, he's he's but notoriously hey, time, crazy, man, right? Get, he's like, notorious. He wants to go to the bottom of the earth and look around. He's like a crazy person. Yeah, um, I mean, I wish Jim Cameron would focus on saving the oceans like he kind of has. But I wish he would just like do it full time and be like the real Elon Musk that we all need to have. It's unfortunate right. that billionaires and private interests need to save us. But I think they fucking do because <laughs> nobody else is stepping up in the government sector. True. Um, I. What was I going to say? But yeah, I, I, I that's the only way I could see it. It's James Cameron coming back and you wait longer. Get the effects a little better and also have more time between this and Genesis. I think it's too soon. Before yeah, I, I think to me that would be the Genesis main thing. Genesis 2015, is, yeah. Yeah, it, to me the main thing, it, it seems like it would need to be is just more distance from from Genesis. Because um, I, I don't, I, I don't like the effects factor, that doesn't, you, you don't know that that's getting people in the door. Like people didn't even show up at the door to be but, like, okay, that's, these that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, yeah, but I, I think it is like it, it did feel like Genesis was so it was such a it was a flop, but it was also just such an unremarkable flop. Like it wasn't even it wasn't even an interesting flop um, to where that it was just like, yeah, what's in people's minds is that, oh, yeah, this is tired. Oh, yeah, this is a super fucking tired franchise. And, you know, I much as I would like to believe that even just the visage of Mackenzie Davis should get you a million dollars, a billion dollars walking out the door. People aren't so fucking evolved as i am i think it's interesting that between salvation and genesis there was a six-year difference but between genesis and dark faith there was a four-year difference not sure what that says what's the year difference between two and one two and uh one was 84 six years was 91 yeah Uh, that's that's how you do it man um i think it's even more interesting like you know uh judgment day is 91 and then rise of machines is 03 like that's a pretty big gap. Like, you guys mm-hmm. want to know something kind of crazy? I don't know if, how crazy this is, but it's kind of crazy to me. Every single Terminator since Terminator Two has had the same exact cinema score. Mm. B plus. Really? All of them. All of them are B pluses. <laughs> that is it's fast. Very interesting, actually. Yeah. They're like yeah. they're all finding their audience, but like I feel like they're finding different audiences. Well, B plus. B pluses for cinema score is kind of like, you know, they they you want at least an A or an A minus because that's I mean sure naturally. Well, I mean, but that's like that's that's when you that's like oh that's actually a decent because you know these are audiences who want to like these movies Um, right right. uh, So you know, like animated films get pretty high scores. Uh, Also, I just double checked. It looks as though we are getting avatars every two years starting. In the year of our Lord, 2022. Sure. If they say uh, so. 
Let's. I'll. It, I'll watch them. Three yeah, is I don't in post. I don't care. Three is the in post. The trailer looks pretty dope. I don't. I, yeah, I'm there's sad. a bit of like you know the, the there's. I, I, I understand people being. <clears throat> I understand people like Marvel, Marvel fatigue and stuff like that, but I don't sort of understand the performance of Marvel fatigue of like, oh, I'm so tired. Like retweeting, I'm so tired when there's an announcement or something. It's like, okay, then don't fucking go. Like, right. <laughs> great if you're right. tired, then take a nap instead of going to see X. TK phase it's becomes movie. like very performative. We don't have like, to make an announcement. Right. Yeah, they have like, to tweet out to this. Like, yeah. I, I continue to be tired of like the hegemonic operation of the studio system, sure. But like, oh, I'm so tired. It's like great. But also, it's like we Wakanda forever doesn't to, need your money. Too. So just right. stay home then, I guess. Like, right. Put like, something and we, small on VOD. Go and anyone in who's, the cinema that weekend. Yeah. And anyone who's who's ever tweeted, I'm tired, is like, no, we know. Like, we get it. <laughs> I'm yeah, not no, saying your, you're wrong, your entire like, internet persona lets us know that. So. Right. And and I'm not <laughs> outside saying of this be. one explicit acknowledgement of that fact. Right. And I'm not saying you shouldn't be be tired, be tired yeah. as much as you want. I'm kind of tired at this point, but it's like to the point where I'm like, but it just is tweeted out. It's just like, look, guys, I'm tired, too. Yeah, like, yeah okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We're all tired, aren't we? And I'm like, yeah, yeah I guess so. Um, yeah. I my. My whole big thing with this film, uh, Dark Fate, is I like it. Um, I think the actors are really what sells it for me. Um, I think yeah, like- Yeah, 100% same. The actors- You harp, you harp on the chemistry, and I think that's insanely important. Um, that's, I, I the, script, the script isn't that strong to me. And um, when I was watching, I, when I was watching the movie, uh, Patrick Willems uh, did a letterbox review. He's like, when I was watching this movie, I kind of wished James Cameron directed it um and i get that mine was also rodriguez i was like i would be mm. super into this movie if it was Rodriguez. again yeah Rodriguez. bringing up uh elita battling just same year it's so like good man. yeah yeah, Rodriguez. A wonderful movie. yeah yeah i i and i just think rodriguez is maybe more comfortable in that realm i mean i think yeah. miller's pretty good but like some of those night scenes are pretty unlike unlike watchable like i can't mm. see anything in like when they're on the train at night mm -hmm. it's that in I think he gets in the in like the airplane um hullabaloo, hullabaloo I guess that's what I'll say mm -hmm. um I it, it gets hard to track at some point and it's interesting because it's still better than of, the gray man one. Oh yeah of course. I, mean, so I haven't seen well, the gray yeah, man I mean, but that's oh yeah I've seen clips of that Oof. yeah that um, plane that, that plane fight looks like previs it's kind right. of shocking yeah I and that's why I guess I was like I wish that they took a little more time with this and I'm not saying that's like that's absolutely necessary but i it's so much of this film is uh effects work and some of it is really good that i was just kind of like oh just spend a little more time on here and there but i mean it, it's one of those things where it's like time is money and they're mm -hmm. they were already putting so much money into this anyway so it's you know whatever um I, and i think miller has an eye for effects and eye for um set pieces uh mm -hmm. and i i you know i like the first deadpool um i think he does the most with that i mean he, it's better it's i think it's better directed than the leech film um i think I, we should also mention he left deadpool 2 to do this yeah right well i mean yeah. apparently him and ryan had a disagreement so whatever oh, okay. um yeah. Yeah. i haven't seen love love death and robot i haven't seen it but people love that yeah it's that does seem like his realm, like visual effects driven genre shit. And mm -hmm. I'm get and I'm guessing he has more creative control of that. Cause you know, like like you mentioned earlier, Jack, you lot like you know, listen to some of his interviews. He's like he just butted like even the end he didn't write 
like or like he didn't agree upon like he thought the ending scene between Mackenzie and or like the okay the very end of her visiting the younger um mm-hmm. Grace is what he wrote but like mm-hmm. the there were multiple like, ending shot but I think this is the one that used right Danny that. sacrificing Grace bothered him a lot because he just didn't buy that a maternal figure would kill like her pseudo child uh, <laughs> to sacrifice anything like he didn't like that idea but Cameron kind of I mean I didn't like it because I can't I don't want to lose Mackenzie Davis right 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 <laughs> um I completely agree uh yeah. so I, I you know I don't know it, it, it's I, I think Gabriel Luna to me though. So my the connection between him and uh was it Adrian Palicki. They were both on this show that five people watch and I and I was one of the five people, Agents of Shield. Um you can say that, but Agents of Shield also got like five, six seasons of television. I was just gonna say Disney did, did not let run? that go. No one's like no one's like guys. It, like no one's like walking no. up to you like we need to talk about Agents of Shield. No. Like it, which it, was it's, wild to watch it persist on television but it did keep going for quite some (laughs) time well the thing is like the first season like the thing is like the first half of like the first season like the first half of it like kind of sucks and then they do like they did this like twist we're like oh this is actually okay and then you keep watching it uh she was on it and gabe and this is my and my uh my exposure to gabriel luna was him playing ghost rider robbie reyes um and he is incredible on that show uh, he is well, happy for them both. Yeah, I mean, he, she was good, uh, but he, Br- Robbie is like, is one of those, mo- like, the moment he's on screen, he's such a physical presence. He also has this innate sadness to him um, in that show, at least. And, mm-hmm. it, and he, but very charismatic and very, like, when you look into his eyes, you're like, oh, <laughs> Gabriel Luna. So, uh, what was your favorite scene? Favorite scene is favorite scene is either uh, just because it's so adorable, uh, Mackenzie Davis just like stroking the hair of uh, Danny in the back of the truck because it's so dear, or but like really definitively for me, it's the factory fight, like Mackenzie Davis swinging a fucking sledgehammer around. Uh, that is, I think it sets a phenomenal tone for the fights in this movie, and I don't think it ever pulls back from that. That was the trailer. Like, that was, like, the big moment of the trailer. Oh, that yeah, and, and they were right to do that. Right, right. I agree. I used that.
My name is Grace. They're all killed. We gotta go. Move. What? Go. Diego! Okay, mine Thank is you. by far the moment I saw it, the moment I leapt with joy, is Gabriel Luna massacring, absolutely slaughtering Border Patrol agents. I it's, was uh, yeah, big, it's great. I was big into that. Uh, that, that you know, I was watching him like, why is this R-rated again? Because it's like, I don't, I didn't see the need. And then he just like completely mutilates all these uh, Border Patrol agents. So I'm like, yeah. oh yeah, that sounds, that, <laughs> yeah, I love that. Um, he's, anytime he's like plays, like he's trying to play a person, like he has that like like that slight southern accent. I'm just like, oh fuck yeah, man! You're so good. You're so good. <laughs> something I love for you. something for so many audiences in this movie. I know. I was like, that's perfect. But yeah, him yeah. slaughtering uh, border patrol agents. Five stars. Hey, I just got TDY here to pick up a new detainee. Where they being held? Check in with the desk sergeant. He'll direct you. Thank you. Evening. Supposed to pick up detainee Danny Ramos. He's locking your weapon. Body's a weapon. Save it for the ladies. Sorry. Metal hip. Two tours in Afghanistan. All right. Thank you for your service. Connor. Sarah Connor. I'm Officer Rigby. It's an honor. Guess what? You're famous. And we don't get a lot of famous around here. Let's go. You belong in your own private cage. say you could look at my private parts. Where do they take the new prisoners? They're called detainees and we... They're taken to the south end holding area for profit. Thanks. Fire, 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 fire. 
This way, ma'am. Our senior living section is on the second floor. Shit show. What the hell happened here? Detainee got loose, unlocked all the cages, just chaos from there. I don't mind telling you. I prayed more than five minutes than I had my whole life. Heard that. Say, you boys know where I can get my hands on a chopper.
for the coordinates. Land a click short. You know, I think I'm noticing that I keep on picking pretty heavy dialogue scenes in these action, like, you know, <laughs> during action month, action uh, month, right? Action month. No, oh, I love that. Um, and what you know, I'll continue this. Um, when Grace, uh, Danny, and Sarah took a lot there to remember their names, um, when they explained to Danny that she is John Connor. I yeah. think it's like even it's if the script scene. doesn't if the script always doesn't work, the con it's conceptually very strong. And I, I think, think the emotional intelligence, is, like Jordan has said, right? Is, yeah, I, I think it is. Um, I think it's there. You know me. In the future. Yeah. I know you. It was you. Who found me in the ruins after Judgment Day? You saved me. This is what Legion wants us to do. Kill each other. We should be fighting the machines. What's the point? We can't win. Legion didn't exist until humans created it. We made that thing. We can destroy it. Are we supposed to lie down and die because some machine decided it? Is that our fate? Well, fuck fate. What's your name? Grace. me and you taught me to hope like you saved and taught the others you turned scavengers into militias and militias into an army we rose up out of the ashes and we took our world back you taught us there is no fate but what we make for ourselves. Danny, you are not the mother 
There's a man who saves the future. You are the future. That's why Legion wants you dead. She's John. You're John. I'm sorry I didn't tell you this before. But you told me that the Danny I'd meet in the past didn't handle it. But you're not that Danny anymore. This is, yeah, no, the, the sincerity is there. Um, I, I think it's just they nail the beats of it. It doesn't feel like bloated. I, I think it's just like a very tight uh, choreographed scene, even even if it's just like the three characters and they don't have like other concepts to worry or uh, conflicts to worry about. No, it, it's it's like the heart of the movie is right there. Well, Jordan, uh, where can everyone find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jorcru, J-O-R-C-R-U. And then, you know, check out the Feeling Scene pod. Comes out every week. Uh, Ots Tyrion will be back soon. You can listen to backups of the whole movie podcast. The botcast is live. And then, of course, there is Disaster Girls. So you can find many hours of me on the internet if you like. Jordan is one of the experts I go to for action and horror. So please follow her. Uh, please do. I, I We're giving good recommendations over here. Yeah, mm-hmm. she she's she's the best. Um, Thank you guys right. so much for having me again. Anytime, anytime. <laughs> um, uh, I can be found on Twitter at Jack A. Draper. My letterbox is Jack Draper Seven. My writing on film is at the Boston Hassle. Uh, this movie is not available anywhere like I thought it would be. I rented uh, it. Like... I paid four American dollars for this shit. I mean, yeah, it was you, fine, but still. You didn't go to Canada. Uh, pay different oh, kind of currency what is the conversion rate i know i don't know conversion rate. So don't ask me conversion rate too people. soon to, to uh, do this math um yeah i went to the library to get this you know very, like a good citizen uh, um next week we have admiral ruin currents with vice, vice victus to wrap up action month action our month, action month, action finale month. uh which i feel like this has gone by so fast yeah it has yeah. we've had great guests great action films i'm i'm very yeah. pleased wide we're range gonna... of of years i like that we're sticking to you know we haven't done two in one year yet yeah we've been able to do yeah. um we're gonna you know our second foreign language film we're gonna do next week and we've done different genres you know like spy next the next week's gonna be war this yeah. was you this know, one's like science big, fiction big blockbuster science fiction mm-hmm. um yeah we've we've ended yeah. you know then there's like a, a more personal intimate drama uh we've we've been doing it in this uh, one uh we didn't go into it um quite that much but i think it's also interesting to see like mackenzie davis uh go from this and blade or in 2049 which we've talked about her last uh not huge successes at the box. Yeah, office. two kind of bombs. Yeah. It sucks. Um, and also we've and I I looked at the Dark Fates Wikipedia. Um, and it's this movie is listed under the biggest box office bombs ever. Uh, I saw that too. And, and I'm it's like, All right. and along with the the list are two other films we covered, Black Hat and Fan Stick. So it's like, huh, intrigue. And all four of those movies I think are fascinating and um you know, of course, For I, think minute, I thought multiple... you were going to say good. And I was like, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> right. No, yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, three of them are uh... right. 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 But uh, no, I think it's, I think box office bombs like these are super interesting to dissect, even if we're only so far removed, then 
they 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 don't never they don't ever happen for just one reason either yeah and this film was also we we didn't get into this too much and i don't want to but the weird cultural shit that went on with like oh this film's too woke or whatever yeah. and like it became a big i forgot about that until right wing youtube target all these fucking dude bros like they killed john connor oh my god they have like they have yeah. latina latinx leads how could they do this it's about border like immigration and it's just like i want you to literally die like stop talking <laughs> you fucking suck you're the worst people to ever exist i fucking hate you you uh, what your life is super pathetic i just oh right it's i don't i don't know what to, i don't know what to say right there's like, no I, there's, like, there's no reasoning behind it they're fucking what, stupid <laughs> we have nothing really to do or say that i guess changes their minds like i i think it's sort of our our thesis for this episode is like what did we want right and i, I don't know what those internet trolls really wanted other than john connor being alive you gave and having two shits about cast? john connor you cared about john fucking connor are you fucking serious that's the thing. Anytime these fucking idiots get mad, I have to be like, you cared about this person? Fuck, are you kidding me? John Connor? You're this big Edward Furlong stan or some shit? He matters this much to you? He's a fucking dick kid who probably should have gotten shot. Draw three zero zero bucks. Come on, baby. Come on, come on, come on. Yes. Hey, it worked. All right. Easy money. Come on. Come on. What are we doing here? They just pretend they like shit to get mad. It's so annoying. I know. I, it's, I know. it's nostalgia. It's, yeah. I, I do kind of also want to call out Tim Miller for something. He went out because he, well, okay. I appreciate him, like, basically anytime this was brought up, he was like, yeah, fuck those guys. I love that. Great energy. Thank you, Tim. But... He would sometimes say, well, this wasn't meant to be political. This is just how the, where the story took us. Stop being a wuss. Come on. <laughs> oh, no. it was political. It's okay if it's political. That's actually a good thing. I kind of <laughs> like this movie's politics. But are you like, you're going to say it's not political? Come on. Come on. Stop. Own up. Like, what the fuck? You have no. a, a, like a person of Mexican descent slaughtering Border Patrol agents. Are you fucking kidding me? Stop it. <laughs> Sorry, this is the time, the moment. No, Jordan no, left, I don't know who's going to get to this part. <laughs> it's the very end. <laughs> no, I think you're, you're so, and I think those comments are very recent too, where it was, it was like not even around the time when the movie was released. It was like this year, right? Maybe something like that. Two different interviews, but no, I, I, I think it, it's like the sexuality or the gender readings where it's hard to imagine those weren't intentional. Right. That they were just skating by the, how many, 45 screenwriters that um, missed these sort of uh, thematic elements. I don't know. I don't know. I do. I do wish as I've been read, reading more about the film, even though I don't think Miller is a particularly great director. I, I don't I think either. Yeah. yeah, I really do wish someone else someone else directed this, but 
I think I the think movie kind of looks kind of shitty, but it yeah. There's some some of it is kind of. He brought the DP from Deadpool, and I think Deadpool looks like god awful. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it's like a lot of concrete, um, yeah. which is whatever. Yeah, it's the DP um, from Project XQ. I mean X two, which is kind of fascinating. But. Oh, uh, like the, the party movie. Oh, I thought you Project X. I thought you said X. Okay, when you said X two, I'm like the X Men movie. Um, (laughs) No, you meant T O O. All right, I understand. Uh, Yeah, I um, what was I gonna say? Yeah, I just wish someone better directed this. I just wish Rodriguez directed this. Uh, But I do, I do think Miller had better ideas than Cameron, though. Just from the shit I've read, it just seemed like Miller. Like I think Cameron. I don't know. I don't know. Apparently. Uh, Cameron gave Miller a list of action scene ideas. I was going to mention that. Like, he's stuff he's thought about over the years. Yeah. And like, use some of this. Yeah. And you can kind of tell. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the whole airplane... Move, yeah. The whole airplane thing is like, oh, this isn't... No. Mm-hmm. You didn't think of this. This, like, you didn't do enough previs for this, for sure. Like mm. this, it all, it felt way too chaotic. And I understand what it's trying to go for, but you need like, I don't know, either make the effects better or don't do this. Yeah. Scene. The Wikipedia for the writing tab is like it's a page. Crazy. Like Warren, like, in, and also apparently they had, you know, Cameron had a bunch of novelists at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like trying mm-hmm. to do like this group think of like, you know, it like, was, fucking... he brought in David S. Goyer. He brought in Billy Ray, the showrunner from the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Warren and Ellis, just... no Warren comic Ellis. book writer, yep. who I think is also a big creep now, but that's a, that's a Ugh. other story. Um, if he's not, sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry, Warren <laughs> Ellis, but I'm pretty sure, he, no, I'm pretty like a thousand percent sure that's the case. Yeah. Um, but I love how Goyer, Goyer's there it's like you motherfucker you can't get you can't be killed you're like a fucking cockroach no matter what you do no matter what bombs you're responsible for no matter what god awful like I mean some of the stuff he's written is good like I mean he wrote like he was a big part of the Nolan trilogy uh the Dark Knight trilogy I mean yeah and like you know some of this shit is fine but it's like you know he you can't be anytime there's like a we need a writer who can do some franchise shit get David S. Goyer he wrote Gemini Man, which I feel me and like 12 other people like. <laughs> right. That was also on that list, by the way. Biggest yeah. box office bombs. Yeah. Um, but I just love I just love 2019 just, fall, which is he can't you you can nuke this motherfucker and he won't die. He is just <laughs> everywhere. It's so yeah. funny to me. Yeah. No, he just has so many hands and I feel like he's attached to a lot of things that will fall out similar to this. Right, it's like he was it. He was in the writers' room at one point. Right, and uh, he oh he did a yeah. first draft of X, or he rewrote the first mm-hmm. draft or whatever. But he's never like the final yeah. person. Yeah, um, which is maybe good. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, shout out David Esquire, uh, <laughs> friend of the pod. For David Esquire. mixed yeah. feelings on you as as you as a talent, but I think you 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 probably you're probably okay. I don't know. Yeah, you're in a lot of writer rooms. You yeah, might, you're probably okay. I don't know. Um. Yeah, I, I think that's all of our thoughts. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to get that quickly out of the way. With the, the behind the stuff. scenes and like the making of was just, I mean, it, I don't think it, I think what's most fascinating about, again, like who's going to make it this far? What's most fascinating about Dark Fate is like, it kind of feels like it had a very messy production. Jim Cameron and Tim Miller feel like people who just are very strong headed. And it kind of 
fascinates me this didn't have a disastrous movie to result in itself right it's also like it yeah and it the fact that this like, is passable is kind of amazing to me right and it's also like it was messy like the production was messy but it never became like they wouldn't talk Infamous. to each other they yeah. locked yeah. someone yeah. got locked this isn't out of the editing stick. room it's not fan stick. right right yeah like fucking tim miller does, isn't hiding a gun under his pillow when he goes to sleep remember right trank did that yeah 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 elaine may did that yeah. elaine may did that yeah on mickey, mikey and nikki because she'll um uh uh like uh her film reels were going to be stolen oh because uh, right. she they wanted her to cut down mikey and nikki and they were like that's no right. i'm not gonna. yeah it's... well shout out elaine may badass shout out, uh yeah past and future guest elaine may <laughs> that'd be fucking rad <laughs> I it would that would I couldn't even comprehend like, it. You know, I want to talk about I don't know <laughs> Terminator Genesis. That's your pick. <laughs> you guys did it to service to that great film. Oh my god! Yeah. Well, Jai here's what Amelia Clark would have wanted on the. <laughs> all right. Anything else before we wrap it up? I think we've done all the. I I took down say. so much from the lengthy like uh what is this like several page wikipedia but um, no it's just too long yeah yeah i like it too long cut 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 out 15 minutes um maybe add a little more hamilton in the mix but um Mm. she's really good in this movie yeah it's it's interesting that she's good in the way like um jlc is good in halloween um yes it's very similar yeah and i and I like them in these roles and sometimes they'll, and I mean, I think it's the aging thing as well that they do they're feel like protective. they're both protective and like grizzled and haunted. I just think they, because they've aged so much since they've last appeared, it can sometimes feel like that they're not playing that same character anymore. Not, I don't think it's their fault. I think it's just the distance right. um, that they just come off as, as, as way too far removed yeah and it's, it's been were. so long since we've seen them actually yeah. like um as like viewers um i was thinking i'm like do you think anyone before dark fate came out do you think anyone would recognize lindle ham recognize little hamilton on the street that's a good question huh? well I don't the think fact so. that she's not in new york and los angeles i i think it makes like it in less new likely. orleans yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't imagine people like fuck that's Lindell hamilton. it's fascinating it's, that she's like a normal person who's been in like the biggest movie ever <laughs> right and that's no shade to her fuck i think that sounds great to me yeah like to not be like harassed on the street mm-hmm. um kind of like, the opposite like, of schwarzenegger like mm-hmm. you know you can't escape like notoriety yeah. love me some arnold mm-hmm. uh when would we cover another arnold i was thinking about that like oh, i mean yeah because another... he when is he done with his governorship? I think in early 2010s or late yeah, 2000s. That sounds about right. Because I remember like in the Expendables 1, he didn't he didn't have like a huge role because he was like governor at the time. And so. Interesting. Or something like, oh, Last Stand was his big comeback. Last Stand, the Johnny Knoxville yeah. movie. I've heard people like that. Yeah. You have Sabotage with Air. There are some defenders for yeah, that one. Oh, that's right. A movie that does not exist. Um, Kim Ji Woon, I like that director who made The Last Stand. I, I wonder if someone who's going to reclaim that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Besides that, it's uh, so funny seeing interviews with Arnold. Like he, I think he articulates 
what the Terminator means and like what his performance in these movies have have um, grown him as an actor. Uh, in a few interviews, he'll segue into exercise and dieting. Like, what did we get here? <laughs> it's Arnold. Um, it's Arnold. Yeah, well, exactly. Cameron also said like this is like the, the his favorite version of the character hmm. in Dark Fate. Like, this is the best written version of the Terminator. That's his take because it's like more nuanced or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, sure, okay, yeah. Um, and also, there's a quote from Cameron that's like he's somewhere in a uh, in a middle ground between being Terminator and human. I still don't. Whatever. There's some lo- logical issues with that whole idea of him becoming more human. I, I don't. I don't yeah, know. It's. I don't whatever. know. It doesn't matter. Doesn't. Matter. It's a, It's similar to what we talked about with the espionage genre, there where it's like. It's ta- it's a really big ask for a screenwriter, I think, to deliver everything right. that makes yeah. sense. Like, yeah. But that's not to say forget everything. Right. Where I, I do think people are really hard on genre pictures, like the ones that we've covered, where it's like every dot needs to be filled in. And like every like if you can make it work, like that's that's a lot of points towards the film. If they can't, I don't think points should be taken away. No, I don't either. I don't know. I think yeah. that's what I, I think. Yeah, no, I agree. Because it's yeah, and then you bring in time travel, and I'm I'm still I still don't understand it. <laughs> like I've never thought about it. I'm like, oh, quick, quick, the de aging shit fucking sucks. It looks so bad. Arnold looks so bad at that beginning scene. Yeah, I've seen six of these, and I don't. Yeah, Hamilton. The, yeah, is. No, she's not. She doesn't look real either. She's like the beginning. eh. Uh, Final words for me. I go two, one, Dark Fate, Rise of the Machines, Genesis, Salvation. You're going to hear a crazy thing. What's up? I've always thought Ewan McGregor was in Salvation. Mm. I don't know why. Do you get him confused with Sam Worthington? Maybe you know but- who's you know who's the best performance in Salvation? Anton Yelkin. I miss him yeah. so much. He he plays uh Michael Bean, right? Yeah. I mean, not actual Michael Bean, but yeah, like no, Kyle, yeah. Kyle Reese. Yeah. It was a Michael Bean biopic. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. That sounds pretty good. <laughs> a, a, a Michael Bean biopic. I want to know his story. Yeah. yeah, let's get Bean back. Um, Where's Bean been? What? fuck man that's my thing it's like he's such a layup he was in the yeah. mandalorian for is Beam in avatar killed it i wonder no but if he's not i'm arresting james I'm, I'm, are you sure he's not i don't think why i don't okay. think he's in the first one well i that doesn't mean he i mean like fucking but why would cameron all of a sudden be like bean come back to me <laughs> bean baby well, I, <laughs> no i i <laughs> i think if he were to like like be in a big project it would be for jim but right i mean he was again he was in the episode of mandalorian unfortunately killed but he was very good in it yeah i mean it's fucking michael bean it is yeah it's one of those i I always get pissed i'm like he's such a consistent actor there's no reason you can't use him no reason i know yeah like he's incredible in the rock and he's like dead pretty soon in that movie like he has like 10 minutes of screen time maybe maybe probably less and he gets like okay. shot pretty quickly. Mike isn't in Way of the Water. It's a bummer. Edie Falcon. Fuck you, James. In Way of the Water. Cliff Curtis is in Way of the Water. Oh, nice. I like nice. Cliff Curtis. 
Uh, yeah, Cliff Hurst. He's great. Yeah. But not, uh, James, I'm, I'm coming to arrest you. Uh, <laughs> making a citizen's arrest. You didn't put Michael Bean in your movie. Citizen's arrest. Arrest. I don't know. This is easily the worst Terminator I've seen, but that's just because <laughs> I see the only ones I've seen is the first and second one. So, yeah. No, it, it is kind of like, it is kind of redundant and... I don't know. I guess my my last last words are like it's redundant and boring to keep on saying like it's the best one since T two. But look was look what was in the middle. Right. Yeah. I I, I want to say though like the only time I, if I ever want to see a Tim Miller movie again, I want him to have like full like control. I want to mm. see an original idea. I don't yeah. want to see any of this stupid. Was shit. it? He, what would he do with like ten million dollars? I mean, I, that's why, like, Love, Death, and Robots is, a, I think yeah, that's, that's his, like, baby. Yeah. And, like, he, and funny enough, Mackenzie Davis and Gabriel Luna are in episodes of that show. Yeah. Um, so, I've, I, I I've seen, seen that, sh- I've seen that show with friends, actually, I forgot to mention. Yeah. Uh, it's, I, it's, and pretty, I, it's pretty interesting. Yeah. Right. And I think that's his, like, just able to experiment with special effects. Shit. I think that's his, I think that's his role. Uh, so, yeah. I'll watch that or whatever like you know i'll watch what he he wants to do but i don't want him in i think you would get a kick out of it they're pretty short yeah that's what i yeah well you know fincher produces it too so it's like yeah yeah i so yeah i I don't want to see another deadpool or terminator from you tim i want to see what you want to do by yourself because it's been mixed results so far um do something animated though don't no more Mm -hmm. live action for you uh we're good we're good go back to your go back to your strengths (laughs) because um, yeah apparently because he made his career off of like doing those insane cinematic like video game trailers for like yeah like shitty video games or whatever yeah yeah that's right uh, i think he's a music video guy too yeah that makes sense you know that comes from fincher and mm-hmm. yeah um yeah all right what do you think david fincher thinks of terminator dark <laughs> He either hates it or loves it. There's no in between. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm I basing think... that off of nothing, by the way. No, I mean, I wonder if Fincher has ever been in consideration for like Rise of the Machines or something. World War like, Z, it, too. World, absolutely. You know, because that's it's one like... of the crazier things to happen, right? <laughs> like, out of the things that's ever happened, that's one of the crazier He parts. was really close to making it they were gonna shoot the fucking thing he pulled out last minute no it's crazy Um, yeah he did okay (laughs) i'm so sorry i'm so sorry (laughs) and that is the end of the episode you can follow and the podcast and the podcast you can follow me at birds of clay on twitter you can follow me on instagram mr clay williams follow me on letterboxd at birds of clay you can send us email and exiting through the 2010s at gmail.com. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe on any podcast platform you listen us on to. Uh, make sure you go follow Jordan. Uh, I know her mm. plug was a little while ago, but still. Uh, <laughs> this has been a little weird episode, but I think it's been great. I mean, Jordan, the thing yeah. is, she brings the passion. You can never yeah. doubt Jordan and passion. Uh, she's it makes goat. it incredibly easy for us. Very. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah, be good to yourselves, guys. Uh, it's a hundred and fucking eleven degrees where I live, so yeah, try to be cool or whatever. It's just um, dipping out of the nineties. In uh, oof. oh man, it's so fucking hot. Um, yeah, be good to yourselves, and as always, thank you all so much for listening. We'll catch you next time on exiting through the two thousand ten.